The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. You're tuning in to Flawed and Fabulous. I'm Ash and I like to think we're all flawed, but we're also fucking fabulous. In today's episode, I sit down with the incredibly sweet Sophie Bell, aka Pepper Hart. Sophie and her gorgeous family, the Bells, are truly beautiful people from the inside out. And like many, I have loved watching their family over the years. Living what is now their dream life, this family has experienced more than their fair share of pain. It's not easy to revisit past wounds, so I'm very grateful for Sophie agreeing to do so for the flawed and fabulous community. In today's episode, Sophie peels back the layers from parts of her life before social media and shares the challenging series of events that played out in her 20s. When I heard Sophie and Belle's story, I knew it was one that needed to be shared. It is truly beautiful the bond this family has and hearing Soph open up about her appreciation for life and why family, health, happiness and dreaming big are her top priorities made me love her even more. I really loved recording this episode and I think it's a great lesson for everyone about perception and judgment. You don't know what's in someone's past and you don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes. So always choose kindness and love first. Before we get into Sophie's story, I have a little announcement. Well, actually, it's a big announcement. For the past few months, I have been working on a project and I'm so freaking excited to announce that Flawed and Fabulous is going live. Yes, dreams really do come true. And in July this year, we are doing our first ever Flawed and Fabulous event on the Gold Coast. In the upcoming weeks, ticket info and special guests will be announced. So stay tuned for more info. It's going to be a night to remember. Now let's get started with today's episode and welcome Sophie Bell to the Flawed and Fabulous podcast. And I am so super excited for today's guest, a um, a new friend of mine, which is Sophie Bell. Welcome, Sophie. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. And of course, Miss Cartney. Hey, hey. <laughs> well, for those that don't know Sophie, she is Pepper Hart on social media, but I would much prefer you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Yes, so I am a mum, first and foremost, and I'm a wife. Um, I'm a business owner. I live in northern New South Wales, just kind of between here and Byron Bay. Um, And yeah, I do a whole bunch of stuff in business, but um, the thing I'm most proud of is being a mum. Oh, I love that. And before we get into more stuff about Soph, we have dealt an angel card. Can you flip it over and read out the card, please? Yes, I would love to. Oh, cleanse and detoxify. Oh, I don't know if we've had this one before. Ooh. I probably have. <laughs> okay, you read it out. Okay, great. So with great love and respect, we ask you to detoxify your precious and sensitive body. At your request, we'll help you to develop life-affirming ways, affirming ways, sorry, to deal with stress, as well as ease any sorrow at shedding your old ways. Give your cares, worries, and concerns to us. Feel the beautiful grace of your newly purified body. This card signifies that the angel's recommendation, the angel's recommendation that you eliminate chemicals and toxins from your body. Your sensitivity to drugs, food additives, including sugar, alcohol, caffeine, and nicotine has increased. These substances are interfering with your ability to hear your angels, so they ask you to avoid them. The angels will gladly help you with stress or cravings if you will ask. Additional meanings for this card, use herbal means to cleanse, such as wheatgrass juice or psyllium, that's a hard word, seeds, <laughs> um, consult a holistic nutritionist, call upon Archangel Raphael to reduce or eliminate cravings, avoid toxic relationships or situations, ask Archangel Michael to clear your body or home from any lower energies, use gentle earth-friendly cleaning supplies. Did anything resonate with that? Yes, it definitely does. I'm really trying to prioritise my health at Mm -hmm. the moment and kind of not that I have anything that's too toxic or unhealthy, but it's more just... um, We're just limiting the margaritas. Yeah, trying to be be good and just trying to be as healthy as I can and eliminating any kind of bad food that I was having. Um, I think over the lockdown, we got a little bit excited and carried away. I don't think you were alone in that. Yeah, lots of pasta. Everyone indulged, like comfort, food, drinks, and a lot of time at home and... um, Yeah, um, 
I love a drink too. I'm not going to say that Soph doesn't. Yes, love a little Margie. <laughs> Margie Queen. Yes. Um, so, yeah, sometimes. Well, Lee, you're already onto it by the sounds of it. So they're just yeah, confirming that you're so doing the right thing. It's good. I definitely, I'm trying to get everything kind of a bit more chill in my life at the moment and not be so busy yeah. and stressed. So I think that's definitely resonates with me. And I, I've had a really busy week and I haven't meal prepped. I haven't done mm. anything. And I feel so shit for it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, I feel frumpy. I feel like lack of energy. I was going to like grab food and like cleaning instead of doing the work that I needed to do. And I'm like, I'm just in like the, the headspace. I'm like, I need to just start fresh. Even my makeup cupboard's a bit messy. Like I feel like. Unorganized. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. no one's productivity. And Courtney will be like, you're not productive. <laughs> Don't say it. You're not productive if you're not organized. <laughs> um, well, who is Pepper Heart? Where, where did Pepper Heart stem from? It's not your name, um, but it is your brand name and it is your Instagram name. So tell us about, about that. Yes, well, people often think it is my name, um, but it kind of started when I was in uni. I started a little blog and I didn't know what to call it. Um, and so I called it Pepper Heart because I always wanted to have a little girl called Pepper. And now luckily I do have a little girl called Pepper. Talk about so. manifesting. Yeah. <laughs> and my mum's maiden name is Heart. So for me, it was like two really important women yeah. in my life, hopefully. And so I didn't at the time think it would become a business or anything more than just a way to be creative when I was at uni. I think everybody had a Tumblr blog at that point. It wasn't mm -hmm. anything too special, but um, little did I know that really kind of set me up to start my business to where it is now. But yeah, so uh, Pepper Heart is my creative design agency um, and we work on so many different things. Um, could be a branding website, but then we also do commercial fit outs. It could be designing a surfboard, could be working with Pack Fair on things like their fit out in their food mm -hmm. spaces, um, just all different stuff really. So we just love creating in any form and what started out as just being more graphic designer, things like that now could be anything. So And your team's really grown too. Yes. So what started out as being just you is now a team of how many gals? Yeah, we've got six um, yeah. full-time staff and my husband now is working my business as well full-time yeah. which is so exciting yeah because um, he's creative too <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's very he hands-on creative he makes amazing stuff yeah and I think um I started out more in that corporate world and so the side little blog has always been there as a way to be creative and then um as my career progressed I really found that creativity is where I was most happiest so I really started pursuing that whole side and it just started to grow so much and then that became my full-time gig so um left I used to work for the AFL for a football club and so obviously that's not very creative but I still loved what I did there and it really set me up to run my business how I run it now um, so yeah. And how long has that been oper in operation for? Um, over 10 years now I've had Pepper Heart, but yeah. full time I would say, I think I left the AFL in 2014, I think mm -hmm. it was. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a while now. Yeah. yeah. Really long time. And it kind of really stemmed from watching the women in that business work with children, mm -hmm. just the struggle of like trying to go from work to get to daycare by five and then mm -hmm. feeling like they're letting the team down and just pumping breast milk in the toilets mm -hmm. and all of that, even though at that point I didn't want kids at that age yet. I just knew I didn't want that for my future. And mm -hmm. so we made really kind of conscious decisions to make sure that when we were ready to have a family that I could hopefully still be successful and have a career that I was really happy doing, but also be a mum. Mm -hmm. And so it was all kind of down that path as to why I started my own business really. And you have two little babes. We've only yes. heard about the little lady in their life, but you have a little man too. Yes. So Hendrix is five. He was our firstborn. And then Peppa is two. And they are just, yeah, the light of our lives. They're very cheeky, funny, challenging, all of those things. But yeah, we just love being parents and they really bring us so much joy. And I did get a couple of questions in the question box about the more children, which I just love. Like if you're engaged, people are like, when are you getting married? Yeah. You're married, they're like, when are you having kids? You have a kid, then they're like, when are you going to have more kids? You're like, okay, just stop. Yeah. So we have more kids on the table. Yes. And yeah. I, that's why I want to get more healthy, I think, because I'm getting back into thinking about another child again. Probably next year, I think, we'll yeah. be ready again. They seem to all have three, like they're born on the same day, three years apart. My and boys are born on the same day, two yeah. years apart. Oh. And I just planned their birthday party. I'm like, they wanted, for the, for the first year, they wanted separate parties. Yeah. And then my youngest came up with a better idea than the eldest. And now they're having a joint one. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. It's like, I want to go to that party. I'm like, well, if you want to go, like you should just merch them. Yeah. <laughs> so so much going, easier. We're going go-karting. I can't wait. Oh, so good. <laughs> Right up my alley. <laughs> but before, like, and this is my personal, like, view on it, but I would say that you're one of my most loved families on Aww. Instagram and you definitely have a very enviable home. But before all that, tell us a little bit about your childhood. Yes. Well, that's very kind. Thank you. Um, 
So I had a definitely not a normal upbringing. I think I thought it was very normal at the time, of course. Um, but my dad was a professional polo player. So I don't know if people know what that is, but it's when you're on a horse and you we hit a ball. We do now that we have the Gold Coast polo. Yeah. <laughs> I think too many people knew what it was before I feel like that. I people just know like Nacho, right? From yeah. like Ralph Lauren. Yes. Like, he's, he's very and handsome. Yeah. Pretty woman. Yes. Everyone says, <laughs> yeah. Pretty, he's from Pretty Woman. <laughs> yeah. And everyone used to think in school that my dad was a water polo player. So they're like, why do you need all these horses? Like if he's a water polo <laughs> I'm like, what? So, yeah, he's definitely not a water polo player. He was a polo player on horses yeah. and so was my mum. So that's all they oh, wow. did. Is that my- how they met? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. actually. Aww, yeah. Cute. And um, my dad, that's all he did his whole life. So it's obviously not a normal job, but it meant that we we're with our families the whole time, but also meant that we travelled a lot and lived overseas, lived all around Australia and meant that I went to, I think, like 12 or 14 schools or something growing up. So wow. Yeah, lots of, yeah, yeah, but I think it really, looking back now, it is exactly why I am who I am. Do you have siblings? Yeah, two sisters who are older Um, because I I could see my dad doing what he loved every day. It wasn't a normal job. No one else I knew did that job at that point, you know, like, and he got to do that his whole life and we were surrounded by a lot of very, I guess, successful people and famous people and stuff to see their career paths and be inspired by that and to know that, yeah, you don't just have a normal job for your whole life and that you go to the same place for work every day or you live in the same house your whole life. Yeah. So I think that really, without realising it, obviously moulded me into who I am and has mm-hmm. really shaped who I am. Was that hard moving from school to school? Like you seem like a confident person to me, was mm. it, and can have a chat, Yeah. Um, but was it always like that or would you get settled and then it was time to move again? No, I think it really made me, I can talk to anybody about yeah. anything and find it quite easy to make new friends and to settle in. I think that was a part of that. Um, we They do kind of a tour in the polo, so we would go back to the same places okay. regularly. So it was good. You'd always yeah. go back and hey, keep in touch. Hey, remember me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I still keep in touch with so many people I went to school with in all those different places. So for me, it was really great. And you'd also travel with other children from polo to all those places. So you kind of had your little group as well that you'd move with. But for me, it was amazing. I got to see the world and experience things and do stuff that is just now I look back and realise how outrageous it was. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like a really like life, as you said, life moulding experience. Mm. Uh, I've, the boys have barely been travelling and now yeah. COVID's here, like it's impossible and they're going to miss out on, not that I always want them to come, but like mm. <laughs> that taking them, like I had this big thing where I wanted to go to Tuscany and I wanted to live on an Italian farm stay and I want them to go like great picking. And it was like, they will hate that and I'm like but it sounds so, so romantic in, my in your mind I'm like yeah. right they're just picking grapes as a family and he's like Carter will be sweating and being like this is shit where's my iPad there's no service yeah. but yeah they just and they just don't and I also had Bali on the list yeah, I'd like did. go yeah, yeah, that, like yeah. Six months, like, right? yeah I think we've all thrown that idea around yeah like, <laughs> we're well, like you know like you have a creative business that's like relatively online you're like hey why not let's yeah. try it but COVID stopped all of our fabulous plans but that's right we can keep dreaming yeah we can keep dreaming and so you've had this relatively normal kind of glam childhood? Yeah, there's definitely elements to it that's pretty crazy, like helicopters yep. and things. And, you know, my dad would play at the Copacker's farm for like a month every year. So we would live there and the experiences there are like out of this world. Yeah, wow. What he would do for everyone and just very like... So he's generous. Very generous. Yeah. And yeah, the entire polar community lives on this farm for a month. There's like all this amazing stuff happening and um yeah just experiences like that that at the time felt very normal but obviously didn't and as a child you're riding horses every day you're outside you know it's just was a really beautiful childhood um just really wholesome as well like obviously there's all the fancy stuff but more just that we weren't inside ever we're always with our parents because they didn't go off to an office to work and I love that with our kids we try and be as with them as much as possible. So running my business from home allows me to do that. And now that my husband's back from being in mining, he's now full-time back with the kids as well. So that was your end goal. That was our end goal. And I grew up like that and really appreciate that my parents would pick me up on school holidays, always with them. And, you know, I know that's not everybody's um, option, but for me, it was really important. And we worked really hard to make that happen for our kids as well. And I'm way more familiar with your your current life now, which Mm. also seems very fab. And and you've had this fab childhood, but I guess before social media was a thing and before people were actually sharing their experiences, your early 20s was somewhat different to the life that you had as a child and Mm. the life that you now have as an adult. Mm. And part of the reason why you're on the podcast is I was lucky enough to have some chats with you and connect about different experiences and 
I'm guessing not everyone really knows the extent of what you went through in your in your 20s and what your own grief, trauma and loss story is. And that's really why you're here today, other than being fabulous, but um, was to open up and speak about some of the things that maybe not everyone knows. Yeah. And I think people take social media as that's their life and everything's so perfect. And of course, everything looks good on social media when you're having a bad day or when your kid's having a tantrum, you're not going to film them. You're not going <laughs> to film that. Exploit mo- them. Yeah. So like, having a shit day, everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's like your house always clean. I'm like, well, if it's a bomb, I'm not going to sit there and film all day in it. Like, you know, I think everything um, is on social media should be taken with a grain of salt. And yeah. That's, that's how it is. But I feel very lucky for my life. But we have also gone through some really horrific, tragic losses in our life. Um, but that's also made us who we are. And we are very grateful for every single mm-hmm. detail in our life, every person in our life, for our health. Mm. All those things are so crucial to us. And um, if those really horrific things didn't happen to us, we wouldn't appreciate it as much as we do. So you and Belle, mm-hmm. you um, were friends first. Yes. And how old were you when you were friends? Uh, I met him. I knew who he was, but we officially became really good friends when I was around 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had another. Were you at the same school? He went to the same school, but then he moved to Sydney for a little mm-hmm. while. So when I was, he was two years older than me. So um, I moved up here when I think I was 15 or 16 mm-hmm. um, to finish high school. And um, he just moved to Sydney, but everyone always spoke about the infamous Belle. So I was like, who is this guy? Um, Still infamous. <laughs> Still infamous Belle. Yeah, it leaves a big mark on everyone's life. Yeah. But um, he, yeah, so I always kind of knew who he was. And then I met him around 17. Um, and then we became very good friends. I had a boyfriend at the time, though there was no kind of romance. But I've only ever had two other boyfriends and they both were always very uncomfortable with our friendship just because we did get along so yeah. well. We just instantly were really, really Stars close. were aligning yeah, all the way back just, then. Yeah, <laughs> but he was always so wild and like I would – just, yeah, it wasn't even a thought back then, yeah. but we just always go along really, really well. And in the, um, when you did become official, yes. um, in the early stages of your relationship, that's really when the, the, the trauma and grief and loss mm. all started to snowball in a short period of time. So yeah. I'll let you, you tell the story. So what was the first thing in the, in the domino effect of the trilogy of things that happened? Yeah, well, I guess um, I will say that Michael had a very amazing life as well and a very close family like I had. Um, so we had never had any issues. Everyone was so healthy and carefree and happy and mm-hmm. we'd never really encountered anything too rough in our lives. Um, but then we'd only just started officially hanging out. He'd just come back from, he'd been living in London for two years Mm -hmm. and he came home and made it very clear that he wanted to date me and <laughs> went to all lengths to make it happen. Um, there would be things around He's my... very romantic. Very romantic. I'm very <laughs> jealous of Belle. And I know jealousy is an evil word, but it's so true. I'm like, Eden, take note. <laughs> this is what romance is. <laughs> um, yeah, so we ended up, I agreed to date him after some convincing. Sign the contract. Yes. Like, I'm in. And he called <laughs> it. I agreed. And he would call me Mrs. Bell from like the time he landed from London. He's like, hey, Mrs. Bell. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, would, stop him. Oh, yeah. I'm blushing. I was like, I would never even date you, let alone marry. And then within eight months we were engaged after that. But so obviously he, <laughs> he worked. Was right. He worked his magic and yeah, he was very much right. So best decision I've ever made, that's for sure. But um, yeah, so we'd only just started hanging out officially, I guess. And we hadn't told anyone yet because we were such good friends and our friendship group is so incredibly close that we didn't really want anyone to know. Um, but he called me. He's like, I can't get a hold of my brother. It's really unusual. You know, they all talk, him, his mom, dad, everyone talks every day nonstop. And were, he, were Belle's parents still in London yes, at the time? Yeah, yeah. so they'd moved because um, Belle was over in London. He loved it. They came to visit him on a holiday and were like, oh, my gosh, we need to move here for a few years because they're the yeah. coolest parents ever and yeah. just would do stuff like that. So they were kind of doing their gap year in their kind of <laughs> 50s and 60s. Love which that. Oh, no, They're the funnest. They'd be at the nightclubs and bars, like just so fun. And so they were over in London and they were worried because they couldn't get a hold of Josh either. And then um, Michael rang me and told me what's happening. And then it's like, I just have a really bad feeling. And then he just was calling the police and stuff. And no, everyone's like, no, we haven't heard from him. Uh, like, no news here. And then he just started scouring new sites. Like something's wrong. Like yeah, I just like know. Yeah, like a gut yeah. feeling. And he found a breaking news story in Cronulla, like near Cronulla where they lived. And there was a car getting pulled from like, the side of a cliff in Cronulla and 
he knew straight away that was his brother's car and um, he called the police and was like, that's my brother's car. I know. And they're like, are you sure? How would you know? So that, um, yeah, he unfortunately passed away in that accident. It was very horrific, very shocking, very unexpected. And Michael had to call his parents in London and tell he's them. he's his older or younger brother. Younger brother. So he was yeah. very protective of him. And, you know, Josh was only 20 when this happened. So um, for Michael, they were just in that really great age where they were like so simple interests, like going out together, like had surfing together and all of that really like snowboarding all that stuff was really common had Bell moved to the Gold Coast though not Sydney at the time yeah so he just got back from London on like Christmas Eve I think Mm -hmm. and surprised his brother spent Christmas day with him and then flew up to the Gold Coast surprised everyone and just was in the boys lounge room Mm -hmm. when they got home on I think Boxing Day so he just was just home after that two-year visa had run out in London so he had literally just landed and so yeah, watching Michael go through that whole process, he really took control. And Michael is Belle. Belle, sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry. It's kind of like Horn and Brendan. Yeah. Like, I'm like, people are like, who is Brendan? Yeah. I'm like, sorry, sorry. Horn. It sounds like he's in trouble <laughs> yes, when I say Michael. totally. Yeah, and I think because we were friends for so long, he was always Belle to our friendship so, group. So then yeah. it's like weird if I call him Michael now. But anyway. Michael, Michael. you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's what really cemented our relationship was just watching him. He wasn't this wild, carefree boy anymore. He really, like, took over and just organised the entire funeral, did everything so his parents could just got them onto flights with, like, British Airways all, like, mm-hmm. so protected and safe and made sure they were totally fine and just took care of everything. And to see someone, like, at 24, 25 do all that, I just couldn't believe he had that strength and maturity and stuff. And it was just horrific for his family and his mum, you know, still trying yeah, to get over it, you know. I think he really... Yeah, it's just that gaping hole in their family and something that no mother ever wants to go through. And so as horrific as that time was, it really brought Michael and I very close together and I became obviously incredibly close with his family through that time. And, yeah, it really formed our bond and um, really set us up to celebrate life and live every moment. I know it sounds really cheesy and cliche, but we literally celebrate everything. We don't wait for anything. Like we just like we want to do something, let's do it and you know, have a really good life, happy full life because you don't know what's going to happen. Totally. Yeah. And I'm going to go back to calling him Bell. So yes. He doesn't sound like he's in trouble. Yes. Um, <laughs> so during, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to even lose a sibling yeah. either um, because you have this childhood experience. And mm. as you said, like you have this love life, be grateful for what you have. But mm. were there moments where it wasn't like that did you feel that you were his support person because if he was looking after his parents mm. like that is a taxing job to step up and be the person when you're in your own grief mm. and experiencing your own loss to then really like have that downtime alone time where you either with yourself or with your support person um yeah I just how did how did you support him through that those moments yeah there's definitely some really dark moments and moments of him being I'm his big brother I should be able to protect him and keep him safe forever this is my fault I should have lived with him at that point I should have been with him you know like I shouldn't be on the goggles I should have been in Sydney with him and yeah. things like that and then his parents obviously going through the same roller coaster like we shouldn't be in London we should be with him but you know it's just um it was horrific and it was there's some really dark times and he is like the biggest light of every room you're in like he's just such a huge personality and so is his dad they're very bright big people and so to see him not like that when it was really hard was just awful you know but he yeah was very resilient very strong he would say when he needed help when he wasn't feeling good he loves to surf and that really helped him I think getting in the water and just clearing his head um and yeah he would how how long has it been now he died in 2011 2011. yeah so yeah yeah, 10 10 years years. yeah Yeah. and so it's crazy 10 years yeah just recently yeah it's crazy when you start to get like you count like weeks months yeah. years and then you're like it's been a decade yeah like it should have been his 30th and it was like yeah. how bizarre that he it's still so young to not be here so yeah. it's yeah very challenging for their family and we just try and talk about him in everyday life still yeah. and our kids know all about josh and mm-hmm. every time they see a butterfly they're like hey josh and i was just about yeah. to bring up the butterflies yeah. so um thanks for that <laughs> yeah but yeah that is like your spiritual connection so yeah let you explain it but yeah i don't know it's just a nice for the kids they don't really understand obviously so little they don't understand yes. where he is like mm-hmm. what do you mean he's not with us like is he on holidays where is he yeah when's he coming back yeah, yeah. so for us it's just a subtle, nice way and when they just do it without us kind of prompting them, I think it's really sweet. 
So, and it always happens in very key moments in our lives. Like when we're building our house, we're like, oh, imagine like how much this would be amazing if Josh was here or something. And then like a butterfly just flies past in the middle of a construction zone. And you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, just, I wasn't that spiritual before all this stuff happened, but now I'm definitely, I guess you lean into those things. And it's just when we've had children and things, it's like, oh, imagine Josh seeing her and then a butterfly will just go past us. It's just really crazy. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, it's definitely to me a very key sign and really helps his family as well, which is nice. So um, you and Belle have got engaged after eight months together. Yes. You've been through this incredibly heartbreaking experience together, yep. but mm-hmm. then you've had a beautiful moment. So you engaged after eight months. How long until the wedding? Tell us a little bit about the wedding. Yeah, so we went to Europe for my – he took me to Europe for my 25th birthday, which mm-hmm. was amazing, and we got to meet his parents um, over there. And we did six weeks together all travelling around Europe, which was just insane. And my birthday happened to be when we were over there, and he proposed on my 25th birthday in Greece, which was great. Crazy. I had no idea because we'd only been together such a short period. Um, the only weird sign was when we were leaving to fly out and my mum was just bawling. I was like, my mum just going on holidays. <laughs> I chill out. You're making me nervous. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'll see you in a flight. It's okay. But obviously looking back, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense now. Because <laughs> you'd ask them to for permission and all that stuff. So that was really Aww. sweet. But um, yeah, so we were in Europe and then um, we were engaged for 18 months and then got married in Bali in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing because we were kind of the first in our group to get married. Um, so it was just this huge party for like two weeks straight with all our best friends. No one had kids at that point. So we just could all do whatever Young we wanted. Breathe. Yeah. It's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, there was no naps or schedules to yeah. work in. Everyone could just get drunk and have fun. And we just had these amazing villas and we all stayed together. And both our families were there. Obviously, Josh wasn't, but um, we had both our parents staying with us the whole time. And it was just so incredible and very special to us now that, yeah we've gone through our life and things have happened. It's just, we look back at that very fondly. And so 2013 has been this romance-filled, incredible experience and um, it took another turn. Yeah. So I'm normally such a light and bubbly person. So having all this heavy chat, I feel like I'm coming across quite heavy, but it's like, yeah. I think it's it's a testament to you that you are such a happy, beautiful, light person, appreciate life, take the opportunity when it's there. But I think it means so much more when people understand that you've had your... Yeah, there's more layers. The experiences in your life have made you that way Mm. rather than going the other way. Mm. So that's why I'm just like poking you. (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. Um, Yeah, so I... Bell got it. He he worked on the Gold Coast and then he got a job in the mines in Darwin. So we thought this would be great for us to help set us up. We want to start renovating houses and doing that kind of world together. Um, And so to get a head start, we're like, okay, let's go do the mines for a little while. And so he got a job in Darwin and he flew out in November. So we got married in March and this is in November. Um, And then literally like a week or so after he left, I was driving to see my parents on their farm, which is at Canungra and which is like half an hour from the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. And this guy just hit me head on in my car and if you drive out that way, it's near Tambourine Mountain. It's like crazy cliffs, like mm-hmm. really, it's hectic just driving it, let alone if yeah. someone hits you it's head like on. like the Gold Coast countryside. Very, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's big cliff faces where you can like fall easily. And I could just see this guy slumped at the wheel, like asleep. And he was going well over 100. I was going 100, um, which is the so limit. you kind of like saw it coming. I saw it and I just had to brace. And if I went over, I was going to run into a massive um, rock wall. So I, I was on the rock wall, like my windscreen, like the side mirror had come off by that point. Cause I was so, I could just, and I braced and I really held my steering wheel to brace for the hit. And then he was in a, Holy yeah, it was oh. like, and I still, it's so clear and it was so slow when it happened. And because I was bracing, I broke my arm very badly cause that took the force. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was in a slightly, he was in like a Subaru sedan and I was in a four drive. So mm-hmm. that was actually really good because it forced me to roll. And mm-hmm. so I rolled over him and like, three or four times I rolled and then landed back where he had come from. Like, so I was back that way and the wheels were completely ripped off. Like the axle was like down the road. Like the whole car was Holy just completely. Shit. And cause I'm quite short, the whole floor was gone and stuff, but my legs just propped up. So the ambulances, everyone was just kept They're Like you should be just completely mangled. Like they just were like, your feet should be gone. Like they were just like, they just couldn't work it out. And all I got really from it was a really severely broken arm mm-hmm. and a few burns from the airbags and stuff. But 
overall. And this guy was really, really drunk. He was, this was like a Sunday in the day at about two in the Arvo. And he was, I think, five or six times the legal limit. He oh, was wow. at, he'd been drinking all Saturday night, all Sunday, oh and then God. drove and just fell asleep at the wheel because he was so blind. And he gets out and I'm there like half like just trying yeah. to, I couldn't even get the door open. I had to just climb out. And he lights a cigarette and there's like <gasps> petrol like coming out of my no. car. I just scream. I'm like, you could have killed me. And now you're about to like kill Double me again. Kill me. <laughs> yeah. And these guys luckily were driving behind me. like it's not it. a high traffic area. No. Like that, you know, and it's probably even far for like an ambulance and yeah. fire services yeah. to get there. And I was in the middle of that kind of really mountainous area. So it's not easy. To, you've got to mm. just drive the windy way to get to it. And luckily there was two guys behind me and they said they turned the corner, just saw my wheels like pointing up to the sky. They saw, they're like, and they were just like, oh my God, what is happening? And they were so amazing and got me out of the car and just kind of got that guy away from me until the police came. And he tried to tell me he'd like choked on a cough lolly and that's what had caused him to like black out. And you could just smell the booze on him, but he was just, what a mess. Was that like a young guy or like No, he was like, I think probably... 50, like 40s, like early 50s. And you don't have to go into it too much, but was that like a, a criminal case? Yes, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of tricky. We didn't get too much information. The police just took it over and yeah. he got charged and stuff. But, yeah, even down to the last minute, he's like trying to still hold on to this cough. Cough lolly Yeah, story. I'm like, <laughs> like okay. tell you that before you get in the car? So if anything happens, it's a cough lolly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so we went obviously to hospital. There's a lot of like um, – issues around that accident to get checked out because they just thought they should have some horrific internal injuries and they literally, I was pretty fine. And so they would come, every nurse in the hospital would come up and just touch me. They're like, you just don't understand, like, this doesn't happen. Like, people have tiny accidents and completely get internal. Yeah. Yeah. And they just like, we can't work it out. And we've scanned me and scanned me and like MRIs, cats, everything, just like, there's got to be something we're missing here. And yeah, I it's probably as, a little angel watching yeah, over you that yeah. day. And as I said, we got more into spiritual stuff as we went through that grief process with Josh. And um, I see a spiritual healer like once a year, mainly just for his mm-hmm. family to help them. And she said, yeah, Josh actually held me until the car stopped. And that's why there's no whiplash. There was enough, no injuries. And he was so upset that I'd broken my... And I didn't tell her any of this information. She just started saying, oh, Josh is here to say he's so sorry he couldn't do more and that you broke your arm at the start of that accident. And... He literally, she goes, he held you until that car stopped. And I believe it because it's like, how could I be? My God, that's crazy. Yeah, like mm. there's no other. The doctor's like, we can't explain it. And it was like, we can't explain it. You should be dead. Like, yeah, well, just, because the other guy like, had no apart. injuries. Like he was just smoking. Well, he was quite drunk. So they said it actually He's helped. Limber, he like, When the car. He didn't brace. He just oh, like, <laughs> where I'm like this, like to stop Chance. myself. Yeah. yeah. So apparently the drunk people always normally make it out okay because they're just like little rag dolls. And their body just goes with the accident where oh, wow. the people that are sober like tense, tense up, up and yeah. that's where things break and you get injuries because you're so like trying to protect yourself. So, yeah. Wow. yeah. But it was just good that our cars were different heights as well. That really helped to kind of yeah, roll yeah. us out of each other instead of just. Believe, like usually when people drink drive, you hear it's like, oh, it's just down the road. It'll be right. Mm. Like. Full yeah, mountain. Yeah, like, not... He's probably like the countryman. He's like, like well, I don't know. Yeah. I put that voice like, on. Obviously, <laughs> drink driving is always bad, bad. But like, I'm even yeah. scared driving on those roads sober. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, it's just the whole thing. And then because it's such a mountainous area, I'd call my parents be like, I've had this car accident. And then they couldn't get to me because the whole mountain was then just – and they might, I, just, I remember in ambulance and seeing off. my parents like running up the hill oh. and like I was just like, I'm okay, I'm okay. Like they were just so, so worried. And then, of course, Bell's just gone to the mines. I had to call him. Never had an injury or accident in my life. I had to call him and be like, um, in so the ambulance. So don't panic. Yeah. And you know when you say that someone's the first – That would be triggering as well yeah. given it was yeah. tough. Yeah, it's and just – And so it's like the first thing you say is like don't panic. And they're like, don't start a conversation like that. Just like, yeah. like straight away. Like, yeah. He was going crazy. He's yeah. just like, could it be there to protect me or help me? Like he's on a flight that's very far away and it just the, – and then the onflow effect of that accident just caused absolute – because for his family, it was just yeah. like the same trauma all over again. It was just like it's all happening again. Um, they had to call Pam, Bell's mum, and she was at work at the time in London and she just started throwing up everywhere because it was just such a traumatic yeah. feeling again. Like, And thank God I was fine. But for them, it was just horrific to go yeah. through that feeling of losing a child again. Yeah. Um, and so raw still. It had only been like a year and a half or mm-hmm. so or two years um, from Josh. So it was very fresh um, in their minds. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just very grateful that I was totally fine and I'm yeah. totally fine now. I just had to get a few operations on my arm and stuff, but in the scheme of things, it was nothing. So Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a lot. And, like, as um, Court said, like, very triggering for Belle. Mm. Too, very triggering, to, yeah. You know, um, 
not that you, you know, when you start to create your own family and mm. then to think, oh my God, like something's going to be taken away from again, me yeah. again. Yeah. Um, in that time, um, there was also, and I feel like I'm like, and then, and then, and then. But I know, like, but it just sounds so <laughs> unbelievable. Like it's, yeah. I don't even tell people the full story because uh, it just sounds yeah. so outrageous. But yeah, I can lead into it if you yeah. would like. But yeah. yeah, so as we mentioned, the triggering thing was really huge. And um, Pam obviously became physically ill from the news. And then mm. um, Belle's dad took it so badly that he then had a heart attack. And not that that was the only thing that caused it, but it was kind of, I think, the final straw for him. Yeah. And he was really trying to be the strong person in that family when Josh had passed away and holding it together for his wife. Um, and, yeah, he had a really serious heart attack just only a few days after my um, car accident. And then that caused a really severe stroke. A blood clot from that heart attack went to his brain and caused him to have a severe stroke. So as Bell's meant to be flying back to me to help me, he gets a call from his mum saying, you've got to come to London to say goodbye to your dad. So he gets on the next flight from Darwin then to London, flies all night. The mental processing yeah. of like... And sitting on that flight for 20 so hours or whatever. And not knowing if you're going to make it in time. Yeah. So I was say like, you probably won't make it, but just get on the flight, you know. Yeah. And so he, yeah, gets to London. His dad's in a really, really bad way um, and is pretty much disabled from the stroke because it was such a severe blood clot. Um, and so at, I guess the long story short is that Tom was in hospital for around six months to recover. Um, he's now, so his poor mum was in London without support that she would have here, of course, but they couldn't fly because he was so unwell. Um, and he's now still with us, thank goodness, but he is essentially trapped in his body because he's disabled from the stroke. So he can't talk or walk properly or care for himself. So Pam is now, they've gone from having the best, most coolest life in the world, traveling the world, doing all this amazing stuff to just really heavy tragedy. And yeah, she's just Tom's full-time carer now. And it just completely changed their whole life forever. Yeah. It was just from Josh onwards has been a really hard time for them. But both Michael and Pam are still the happiest, most beautiful humans. Yeah, I see Pam on the gram too. Yeah, she she's the to coolest. She a little dance and a muggy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like all my friends try and steal her as their mother-in-law because she's just like <laughs> she's super. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it was a really heavy, heavy time, and thank God that was the last of the really. I guess at that very point, that moment, in that yeah. moment, we kind of were like, okay, we got through it. Let's get Tom home. And they actually got home from London after that six months and then lived with us for a little while just till they got sorted again. So we got to kind of, yeah, it was kind of nice. We got to have them with us and just get them back on their feet again. And now they live full time on the Gold Coast, which is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, it's it's so hard to be like when you, when you move forward from something mm. um, and you're like, well, we're here, we get to live, mm. then you and Belle have started living mm. your life and yep. enjoying life. Um, and what did that look like for you after all of that? Um, having our first child and that obviously to Pam just brings her immense joy. Like her and Hendrix have this crazy bond. And I always say that Hendrix, Pam and Michael or Belle are just triplets. Like they are the exact same person. The things they love about each other and the things they hate about each other are all the same. They just, um, it's, yeah, it's crazy <laughs> how similar they are. Um, and so that brings her so much joy. And now Pepper as well is here and that brings her equal joy. So for her, the grandkids um, are a big part of her life. And we're so lucky to have both Pam and my mum as a huge part in our lives. They're with us nearly every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're all together nonstop. And Belle is just incredible at including both the mums in everything. When he books holidays, he books it for them too. Like he's very good at being inclusive with all of them. And um, we're lucky we all get along so well and are very, very close. Mm -hmm. And they all help in my business as well, which is great. It's a family affair. It's a big family <laughs> affair. <laughs> um, and you just mentioned your mum mm -hmm. and... Um, you suffered another loss, yeah. um, which, you know, th this is the, this is the part, like yeah. there's social media, like, yes, you openly talk about all of these things yeah. on social media, but from like a, a picture or a post, you don't grasp the mm. enormity of how much has actually happened. Um, so mm. your dad also passed away. Yeah. Um, and yeah. what year was that? So he, he had prostate cancer for around 10 years, which mm -hmm. was like quite, he got that when I think I was in grade 12 or something. Mm -hmm. So, but he was really quite well and could live with that. Mm -hmm. um, his doctors were amazing and really helped him get through that process. So he could live a really normal life. He still was playing polo while he had prostate cancer and stuff mm -hmm. like doing really amazing stuff. And he was like 70 and still playing polo, which is just outrageous. Um, and then he, when I was um, pregnant with 
Hendrix. Mm -hmm. We found out he had really aggressive brain cancer. Um, And so he had a surgery. So that was in 2016. He had a surgery in 2016. um, And it didn't go well. It was, they described it like an octopus and you're cutting the tentacles off and it is just growing back quicker and quicker and quicker. Mm -hmm. And so he had two major brain operations and they made him very, very different, unfortunately. And, but he just till the last minute was just not giving up. He was like, no, I'm fine. It's going to be fine. And so we went through a really horrific time with that. And my mum, especially obviously caring for someone that is that unwell and in hospital a lot, but he wanted to be at home. So she would care for him a lot at home, but he was really by the end, not well. Um, and so, yeah, it's actually his anniversary on Monday, which is crazy. Cause I was, yeah, very, very close with my dad. Yeah. Four, four years? Yes. Yeah. yeah, four years. Yeah. yeah. So he passed away in 2017 um, and he got to see my son, which was amazing, be born and he just was obsessed with Hendrix. Um, so yeah, but I literally laid with him till he passed away in hospital and yeah. I'm so glad he had that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I'm in a very similar, I'm actually going to visit my mum after here. She's in hospital and it's been like nearly four years since her diagnosis yeah. and she beat it the first time but it's come back and yeah. it's when it's that second time it's Start just to get very scared yeah. yeah and she's just in and out of hospital constantly yeah. she's in pain she's not the same person yeah she can't play with my kids yeah and you know she might be in hospital again for mother's day and she seems to be in hospital like for every big occasion um oh, like christmas days. easter and i'm like i just want you while you're here to be able to enjoy yeah like the time but it's just like one of those things that she doesn't she does have that can-do attitude but it's just slowly chipping away at her and who she is like you know it's it's a horrific 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 disease and it affects so many people but it um yeah it's when it's your your parent um it's um they're like oh you've looked after me my whole life and now I've like I'm here to look after you but I actually just don't even know how to. And then yeah. they're like, just leave me, I'm fine. And you're like, but you're not. You're not, yeah. yeah. And you really feel that shift, I think, where we almost feel like the parents now. Mm-hmm. And um, Totally. Yeah, after my dad passed away, mum moved in with us because she'd been with my dad since she was 19. They'd never been apart. Yeah. As I said, they worked together every day in playing polo and stuff like that. So they'd never even have a day apart, you know. So she'd... Um, yeah, she moved in with us and lived with us for around a year or so while we were building our house. Mm-hmm. And then once we built our house and moved into it, she moved um, to her own place. But yeah. it was really good for both of us, I think, to live together at that point and just yeah. get through it together and just be there for yeah. each other because she'd gone through just trying to hold it all together while Dad was sick. Yeah, and, um, then, it's, and then that's their routine mm. shifts too. Is similar with Eden, he cared for Jess for such a long period of time yeah. that when she was gone, he was like, I don't know how to fill my day yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it all catches up with them yeah. at that point. Well, too. it's like release. relief, but yeah. it's, yeah, release is release. a better word that yeah. it's like, you know, well, it, it's like that cliche word that it's probably the only time, like when young people pass away, I'm like, they're not in a better place. They mm. should be here. But mm. when someone's severely unwell, I'm yeah. like, it's nice that they get to rest. Yeah. Yeah. They can be Because yeah, the fight is hard. Yeah. And the fight is really hard. Yeah. And just never ending. Like they just constantly. When there's happen. no light. You know, mm. at the end of the tunnel, my mum got told it was terminal. Mm. So now I would hate to know her own Battle. mental. In, yeah. yeah. It's like when, when, when is when. And they yeah. don't give you any dates no. <laughs> because then you're held accountable for it. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um kind of taken the wind out of me, that one, a little bit. But, yeah. you know, so moving away from all the grief yeah. and all the trauma <laughs> and the loss, yeah. um. There is a lot of love and a lot of light. And a lot of your, great stuff. A yeah. lot of great stuff. And we're going to, we like to end on a happy note as much as <laughs> yeah. we can. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the mm-hmm. the fabulous life of the Bells that is now <laughs> in the current moment in 2021. Yep. You are, I'm going to say you're building your dream life. Mm-hmm. And that's whether it's a house businesses, family, you're always kind of in this like watch this space mode, something bigger and better comes as a boat now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, guys, cut it out. Stop. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about what your normal day looks like living Mm -hmm. the bell life. Yeah, I think we definitely 
all of that trauma has made us very different people, I think, to somebody that hasn't experienced those things. So we don't want to wait for anything. We don't want to waste time living somewhere we're not happy, not necessarily the house, but living, we want to live near the beach. We're going to live near the beach, you know, and I think I try and tell people to do that. If you hate your job, don't work there. Like make steps to get out of that. If you hate living in the suburb you're in, make steps to try and get out of there. And I think um, that's what we try and do is to live a life that we really love and to celebrate all the little things in life. And if we want to have a dance party on a Wednesday night, we're going to have a dance party and have a wine on a Wednesday night. You know, yeah. like that makes us happy. We're going to do it, travel, you know, travel as much as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, all when of those things. When we can. <laughs> yeah. Even just hotels, like we'll just go to yes. Brisbane for the night or yeah. whatever. That really makes us happy is having little getaways. Um, so like the pizza oven, right? Yeah. 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 See? <laughs> Pizza oven. It's the best. Everyone needs a pizza oven. Like yeah. we cook everything in it, like fish, vegetables, everything. So Elle cooks everything. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I make the drinks it. and he does the food. What a team. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy with my role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have two children and we just really we love to be on their level and play and have a good time and muck around. We don't take anything too seriously. But you know, um, Michael worked in the mines for eight years, which is a really long time. So mm-hmm. I had to raise our babies for quite a bit of that time alone while running a busy business. So mm-hmm. it was a lot. And how did you go with that? We've had a, a, a guest on recently, hasn't aired yet, um, mm-hmm. that um, she speaks about the, I'm going to say FIFO. FIFO. Yeah, I FIFO. Like, I was about to say FIFO again. <laughs> yeah. like, that is not it. The FIFO life. Yeah. Um, Bell's roster was that week on, week So off. he in Darwin was four weeks away, one week home, which is like a month, you know. It's, Holy yeah. moly. But we end up getting a house up there and I would fly back and forth, but I have to be here for work mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so he, yeah, we would do a little bit of time up there. At that point, I only had Hendrix, so it was easier. I'd fly all the time with Hendrix. It wasn't too much of a problem, but mm-hmm. flying with two was like not, not fun. Um, but his most recent roster was in Queensland and he would be week on, week off. Mm-hmm. So... I don't even know how long he's been back for now, but a couple of months, I think, mm-hmm. um, we made the final call. Okay, that's enough. Like, we've yeah. <laughs> done this juggle for long enough and I can't juggle it anymore. Like, I've yeah. got it, the days were just really hectic when he wasn't home. Mm-hmm. So, I would be, because we have staff working at our house, the studios at the house, and I chose to do that because I want to go from mum mode to work mode instantly and not travel no to travel. an office. No travel. Yeah, no, no downtime, downtime, guys. <laughs> not going to meetings. Like, I do everything on Zoom. Like, I just try and minimize mm-hmm. everything to be as efficient as possible so that I can be the best mum I can be once it's mum time. Um, And so for me, I just, it was just, it was go, go, go. From the time I got up, it's like, make sure the house is clean. Everyone's coming over. We've got photo shoots at the house. Mm -hmm. We've got all this stuff happening there all the time and me trying to do it all. And then Hendrix was starting big school this year Mm -hmm. and I was like, there is no way I can leave at 2.30. That is a short day. Yeah, I was like, that is the (laughs) middle of my working day. Like daycare is fabulous because you can stay there till five. It's like, see you at the very end. Yeah, Yeah. weeds gone past. Mom's here. Hi. Yeah, Yeah, from a working mum, there's no way you can finish your day at 2.30. And I have such a big appreciation for all the mums that are trying to do mm-hmm. that because it's absolutely wild. So Hendrix was starting school in a week and I was like, there is just no way I can do Manage that. All this. Like, how can I run a business, have all this stuff, all this stuff going on and then leave my day every day at 2.30? So, you know, and we don't want to rely on other people to be helping us do those things all the time. Like, yes, my mum and Pam yeah. are happy to help, but I also don't want to put that on them all the time. Like once in a blue moon's fine, but not every day. Yes. So, yeah, so w- I just randomly called Bell and was like, you need to come home right now. And, yeah, and he did. He was like, <laughs> okay, I'll quit right now. And his boss is like, what do you mean? Are you going to another job? Like you've been poached. What's going on? Like, By my wife. <laughs> yeah, like, my wife has told me to come home. <laughs> yeah, wifey rules. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, and it's just so life-changing, you know. The kids just oh. go to the beach every day after school now. He is oh, just I want to so live happy. this life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm begging Eden to yeah. be like, can you please be a stay-at-home dad, yeah. please? It's amazing. Because it is, the juggle is so real and we yeah. have had nannies. I don't have any parents that can can help. Yeah. And Horn and I have always lived like this busy work life mm. that we didn't intend to do, but it just got really hard. So we needed help. And then when Horn passed away, I needed more help. Yeah. Um, but now that our nanny has recently left, we are like, we need to try and do this like on our own. Let's yeah. try for a housekeeper first. Yeah. And if we don't feel like we're managing after that, because like no one really wants to do the washing. So yeah. I don't feel like that's like a big sacrifice to be like, but then it's, I was going to ask you, how do you go about having people in your home all the time? Mm. I know everyone always asks me about that. I don't know any different. Yeah. Um, we have a really 
like the studio is kind of in its own zone upstairs away from, I guess they're not in yeah. the bottom of the house as much. Like they use the kitchen and stuff, but I'm just used to it. I yeah. don't know. I don't know any different. And I love it because as I said, I don't have to waste time going to an office um, or being stuck. I can, you know, even if I've got the kids come home, then I can just stop work for a few hours. And then once they're, you know, chilling out or going to bed, I can then jump back on and work and not feel like I've left stuff at the office or whatever. So for me, it works really, really well. And I slowly built to have a bigger team. So for me, when it was just me, it was so good with newborns. Like I can be breastfeeding and working and I didn't miss a beat because I didn't have that pressure to go into an office and be dressed up and look a certain way just post, post-birth. So for me, it's worked really well because I feel like I can still have that brain, yeah. using my brain in the way that makes me feel good and feels happy. Um, I didn't have to work at that time, but I chose to because I really feel good when I work and yeah, I want to do both. I don't want to just be a mum or just be a worker. So yeah. yeah. Combination life. Combination. And your your house is infamous. I would I would have to say it's probably one of the most like Pinterested, <laughs> screenshotted, tagged, <laughs> saved, replicated houses in Australia. Oh. Um, and how did that come about? I don't know if everyone knows the link between um, well, one, you're a creative genius, but two, <laughs> that um, you actually handle all the creative branding. Is that the right word for the three birds? Yeah. So um, we've always been into renovating and design and Bell's always been really handy at construction and he's always built our furniture and done stuff to our old house. Making pizzas, furniture. Yeah. I can do everything. (laughs) (laughs) So he's always been like that and we've done, you know, houses in the past and stuff. But then we wanted to, Bell found this incredible block. As I said, we wanted to live where we wanted to live for a reason and we wanted our kids to grow up how I grew up with with lots of land and they can run free and have veggies and chicks, chicken, chickens, yeah. um, and all chickens. that stuff. Chickens, <laughs> little cute yeah, chickens. hybrid, um, <laughs> and <laughs> all that stuff. So for us, it was really important to get land and mm-hmm. be near the beach so that Belle could still surf. Um, so for us, it's a perfect mix of what I love and what he loves and so good for our kids. They're outside all the time. Um, and so he found this incredible dream block um, near Cabrita Beach in New mm-hmm. South Wales and we saw it and within an hour bought it. It was so spare of the moment. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think of the logistics of building a house in the middle of a rainforest and how that all works. We just mm-hmm. fell in love with the land. Um, and, yeah, I've worked with, as you mentioned, Three Birds Renovation since they started their business. So they build and design homes um, mainly in Sydney. But I obviously – it just made sense that we worked together on my mm-hmm. house because – it's what I do all day for them in their business. Mm-hmm. Let's collaborate together, make it even better. So yeah. we filmed a whole TV series for like, I think it was 12 or 18 months on my- What house number was it? I'm um, House 10. House 10, if yeah. you want to check it out online. Yeah, there's a whole YouTube series on it, yeah. which um, I was heavily pregnant. I gave birth to Pepper on the show. So that was a bit exciting, having a film crew <laughs> follow you around at nine months pregnant. Um, <laughs> and she, yeah, I think we filmed like the week after I gave birth. So it was like a really busy time, obviously. Um, but so amazing that we have it all documented Mm -hmm. and yeah, the girls are like family to me. So, um, it was very special to all work together on that home and it means that yes, it has got a lot of coverage, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's now become a business within itself. The house has, Mm. um, photo shoots there for really big high-end brands around Australia. So it could be anyone from, I don't know. There's been a lot. Yeah. There's been a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff (laughs) going on there. Um, And yeah, we feel really lucky to see, well, for me as a creative, it's so cool to see all these amazing Mm -hmm. brands shoot there, how they shoot it. Some of my most favorite photographers in the world, Cameron Hammond for Triangle and stuff is amazing. And then they end up using, you know, like I'll be walking in Sydney and I see my dog on a billboard in Bondi and I'm like, (laughs) "Um, what's Duke doing there? Like, (laughs) my dog. Yeah. (laughs) Or walk past Cotton On and there's your house like in the front of Cotton On or whatever. You know, it's just like all these crazy things. So for me, I love it. It's larger than life. Yes. So it's without even meaning to, it's become its own little side business, which is great. And another reason why Belle had to come home because it's it's like a full-time job just organising all the shoot stuff and the maintenance and the house has to be you know, immaculate. Yeah. yeah. So he's almost like the maintenance guy for the house now. <laughs> the pool boy. Yeah, he's the hot pool boy. <laughs> you feel like you're living in like a show home kind of vibe sometimes because yeah. you have to keep it so like tidy. Yeah, we really, uh, I guess, got in the groove of it now and we kind of do one shoot a fortnight. We feel like any more than that, we don't want to tell our kids like, don't touch that or don't. Yeah. We want them to be messy and play Still and toys home. everywhere. We've got it down to a fine art of the process and the day before what happens before a shoot, you know, there's like eight hours of cleaning for the cleaner and stuff before a shoot. It's a big process, but we let everyone just be free. We've got dogs in the house. Like, you know, everyone can just live normally when there's no shoots, but then it's kind of quite strategic when they're booked. So yeah, we've got it down to a bit of a fine art now. 
Yeah. Um, before we get into our final five, yes. um, a lot of people had some questions about the future. Oh, um, yes. And um, it, I wasn't surprised that a lot of it was about house and business. Yes. So it's like, is there another house coming? Is there a, a, a homeware shop coming? Um, would you like to be doing more? I always get this wrong too. Do it yourself. DIY projects. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I always put the Y first. I don't know. Anyway. You have uh, issues with those shortened, like, abbreviations. <laughs> You'd like a little yeah. list next well, to I you. Well, I counted it out. I got there. Yeah. Um, so what is in the future for the Bells and Pepper Heart? Yeah, I guess um, I'm a pretty focused person. I guess laser focused on some things that I want to do. And um, the end goal is to own a boutique hotel. Mm-hmm. So Ooh. that's obviously. Yes, please. Yeah, that Belle would do all of the interior fit outs. Um, I would boy. design it. Yeah. <laughs> and it to be like you're staying <laughs> in our home. Showing yeah. up in a different role. Yeah. Pizza? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my green is like. <laughs> He's got all the roles, but yeah, so um, yeah, amazing. It would feel like you're staying in our home. It would yeah. be like an extension of our home and be very boutique feeling. Um, obviously, that's a very big undertaking and something that will happen probably in ten years or so. But that's Still where we want to end up. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Um, there'll definitely be other houses. I've already designed a new house that I want to build eventually. Where there's, um, it's more like a one story build. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in an Airbnb next year. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Just all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's, I'm doing a um, homewares collab with Concrete Nation mm-hmm. and a few brands like that. So I collaborate a lot with other brands. Um, So, yeah, there's lots of that stuff in the works. Um, But, yeah, houses, definitely lots more houses to come. It is definitely our passion and what makes us both happy and a really good mix of our uh, roles together Mm because he's very good at, like, organisation and planning. I'm good at creative. I don't Mm -hmm. like doing the logistic side (laughs) where he is so good at that side. He's like a closet nerd. The yin and the yang. Yeah. I probably say it every episode when someone says I'm like, but the yin and the yang, it just works. It does. It It just works. Yeah, we've got very different um, strengths and that's why it's really good having him help me in my business. He's definitely the biggest driving force in my business to push me and, you know, to bounce ideas off and stuff. He really helps me in that respect. So I'm very lucky with that. Yeah, love Mm. that. Okay, time for the final five. Final five. Okay, so the final five. What is your quote to live by? Hmm. I probably, I'm not like a really big quote person, but I definitely have very clear internal dialogue with myself around certain things like mm-hmm. stress and not letting myself get stressed. I think that's mm-hmm. just, to me, I feel like it's wasted energy and I, I'll use that energy to try and just fix a problem instead of eating myself up with anxiety or stress over something. So I'm really clear on that. And I think the other one is to not waste time, which I've been talking about a lot today is if you're unhappy with anything in your life, just try and make steps. I know it's not overnight, but try and make steps to live your fullest, happiest life. And yes, everyone has shit times and bad days, but overall, just don't waste time waiting for something or to change, like, you know, just do it yourself. So not necessarily quotes, but... Well, I feel like you've combined possibly yeah. the best advice and the best quotes. So my yeah. next question is going to be, what's yeah. the best advice you've ever received, though? Um, ooh, I think my dad would often say, which is funny how things have turned out, without your health and without your family, you have nothing. So mm-hmm. no one cares what car you drive. No one cares mm-hmm. about money or any of job titles, if you're not healthy and you're not happy with your family, then what is the point of everything? You know, you can't enjoy these things alone. So, and in the end, my dad wasn't healthy. So I think, and all he wanted was his family, you know? So I think that's really important to me and really important to my family is to be healthy and to be happy altogether. Yeah. It's definitely something all of us can take away because it's very Mm. easy to get caught up in the material stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I like nice things, you know, like I'm not, as long as it's balanced. Yeah. I like nice things, but I think it's not the most important thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. And your core value? Uh, Would be to be kind and to be kind to anyone and everyone in your life. You don't know what they're going through. The person serving you coffee, just make their day by being nice to them because you don't know what they're going through. And when people are really nice to me, it just feels so good. So why not make everyone else feel good like that? And it just comes back tenfold when you're really kind to everybody else. Yeah, mm. karma. Karma. Everyone wants good karma. I feel like we've had the nicest people on lately. Everyone's been saying kindness and like don't judge yeah. others. And I love that. That's just so heartwarming. Yeah. Um, if you had one last meal, what would it be? Oh, God, it's so hard. <laughs> We're such <laughs> food lovers. Um, it would have to be made by Belle, of course, and seafood. So it would probably be oysters. And he does these epic bug rolls, kind of like the rickshaws mm-hmm. ones. Oh, my God, they're so good. But better. But better. Yeah. Belle's version. Um, <laughs> and then 
he does this amazing bug pasta at the moment. So I'd probably just go for all seafood and just go all out. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm definitely I've open a, to coming over for yeah. dinner. So <laughs> let me know. Yeah. Um, and uh, your fave beverageino. Oh, this is an easy one. <laughs> easy. Uh, <laughs> I'd actually put money on it. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't say this, it would be weird. But um, I love chili coconut margaritas and make them for everybody and anyone and I should have a deal with like what, 1800 coconut because yeah. I'm just like the <laughs> advocate. Available. Yeah. Cough, yeah. Cough. Call me. Um, so, yeah, no, it's definitely my favorite go to and they're so good. And I'm also sure you get tagged in numerous margaritas every Friday afternoon. Yeah, I've so. done a few videos on them and now it's become like a thing. I think everyone just thinks I drink margaritas every single day though. I'm like, I promise I don't drink I'm every day. I'm and detoxifying, yeah. guys. It's yeah. Friday. It's Friday. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we love margs in our office on Fridays. The girls and I all have a couple of drinks together and yeah, it's just good. Yeah, it's mm. good vibe. Good vibe. Friday vibe. It is. Well, so thank you so much for coming in and sharing all of that. I have um, loved sharing this space with you and giving you a chance to open up about some of the things that maybe not everyone knows. And it just is a total testament to the person that you are, that you are making the most out of life and you are just living your best life. And I actually hate that like cliche saying, but it really is. You take all the advantages that are thrown at you and it's a pleasure have you. Thank you for having me. I feel very honoured and yeah, well done on doing such a great podcast. I love listening. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, and sorry for anyone listening mm-hmm. that doesn't already follow you, yeah. where can they find you? Uh, probably Instagram is the easiest mm-hmm. one and it's Pepper Heart, but spelled P-E-P-P-A-H-A-R-T. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you, so. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. To stay up to date with me, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a review and follow me on Instagram at with Love Ash.